DSM, CY Leung and Henry Tang had at the long last officially declared running for the post of chief executive. Members of the pro-establishment camp cheered the contest, proclaiming that it is one step towards democracy, as Hong Kong people are engaged in the election exercise. I cannot agree. It is not an election. People do not have an effective channel to participate in the exercise, other than responding to telephone poll, calling response from about 1,000 people at random each time. The public hear piecemeal policy platform of the two candidates when they present themselves at forum organized by audience of a particular interest. But so far, there is no official release of policy platform, whether it is single issue or holistic governance. And most important of all, people do not have a chance to show their approval or disapproval through the ballot box, as the candidates do not have to hold themselves accountable to the public. They could deliver their message only on friendly ground, take polite questions from the restricted floor, and happily avoid anger and grievances of people suffering from poor governance in the past 14 years, and be evasive about their participation and responsibility in policy formulated in the past. It is a contest of public relationship and spinning of media. The first chief executive, Mr. C. H. Chung, resigned from office after he hit the bottom of approval rate. The legislation of Article 23 drew more than half a million people marching on the street. From then on, Beijing took popularity into account in the assessment of performance of the chief executive. Head of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office set three requirements for the next chief executive. They are ability. Patriotism in Beijing context—that is, Communist Party comes first—and trust from Hong Kong people. Another chief executive with low approval rate in opinion poll will be another embarrassment for Beijing, and gives the central government more pressure for democratization. Beijing would like to endorse someone who could win public support without going through democratic election. Then pressure for democratization would be eased off. And Beijing could keep the final say on Hong Kong affairs behind closed doors. While public support will not be quantified by voting in deliberative democracy, both candidates try to please the public by attending to housing and poverty issue. But the general public will not be the first one, or might not even have a chance to punish the candidate in the next contest for CE office if the candidate does not honor what he pledges to Hong Kong people. Because at the end of the day, the electoral college will be the nomination committee in 2017, which holds the key to entry to the next contest. It could screen out contestants approved by the public but not endorsed by Beijing. Voters' choice will be limited. A chief executive who does not perform on his job might still get elected, because people's representative could be shut out by the nomination committee. The real price of the competition in 2012 and 2017 is a blessing from Beijing that filters down to the 1,200 privileged. In 2007, the pan-democrats successfully fielded a candidate and got a television debate, in which Donald Trump was forced to take challenging questions from the floor open to some democrats. 
Beijing is happy to see competition between the two cousins from the same clan. They provide good enough media events for the pro-Beijing media to label it election, even though there is no polling station opened to the general public. There is prohibited area in this popularity contest that both candidates dare not trespass. They are genuine concerns of Hong Kong people that always present indirect election to the legislative council, namely redress of June Fourth massacre, no legislation for Article Twenty Three, implementation of equal and universal suffrage, rule of law, freedom of speech, press freedom, police abuse of power. This list could run on, but both candidates would not want to take sharp questions on human rights that step on the raw nerves of Beijing leaders. It is blessing of the central government that comes first for the two candidates. Trust of Hong Kong people weighs, but little, and the score for popularity is for the consideration of Beijing leaders. It is the worst of times when rights is denied. And facts distort by chorus orchestrated by the authorities. It is also the best of times for people to realize our rights and be duty bound to stand up to protect freedom, for we see already that freedom cannot protect itself. In hard times like this, we need an independent media to give voice to the voiceless and provide accurate report to keep the public informed on facts. We need fearless public intellectual to chat politicians and the community with the highest standard of human rights and natural justice, and we need room to get the voice of the fearless through to promote public debate for a more robust civil society. That explains why I am so disappointed with RTHK for terminating Ngizam from the phone-in program. The management of RTHK. Try to justify the termination with succession plan for the young generation and the need to experiment new format, but this cannot answer why Ngizam is banned from the other time slot on RTHK when many are available. There are time slots with the same program runs on both channel one and two simultaneously. Why can't such slot on any one channel be freed to keep this fearless voice for Hong Kong? This will not cost more than half a million per annum for RTHK to run a one-hour program for five evenings a week. A critical voice with no fear is too precious for any price tag. But I was told that RTHK has no extra resources to accommodate a voice for Hong Kong. Could I expect this management to safeguard freedom of speech when it weighs a public intellectual with dollars? I have to applaud the young students of the Creative College. When truth is blurred and people do not stand on honesty, the teens co-signed a declaration to condemn the fake election. When absurdity becomes norm, an innocent laugh at the nudity of the king is a good wake-up call. I remains yours truly with faith, Sid.